it. Happy Fourth of July. The bigger, the big, the better one. <laughs> I've talked enough about announcements. Let's get right into it. So we are continuing in the Book of Romans. We started that last week. Uh, if you missed out, uh, go go to the website and check it out. I was checking it out. I was looking at the analytics. Is that the word? The, the little like website data. I don't know. Nerd speak. So like, there's like. Like 350 people go to our website every. Did you know that? I was like, I don't know 350 people. Where are these people coming from? But we got people in San Diego and all this, across the world and all this cool stuff. So uh, check that out. But I'm gonna pray and then we're gonna get it right into Romans 2 if you want to look that up. And then we always get on the board too. So dear Lord, thank you for this day. We just thank you so much uh, for this weekend. What it means, God. Uh, just thank you for blessing us and just allowing us to come together. And worship you, God, and just learn more about you. And I know we take that for granted so much, almost all the time. I just pray that we just recognize that, that it is truly a blessing from you, God. Pray for all these things in your name. Amen. So we're going to continue right on four, right, right, continuing on. So Romans 2, uh, starting off verse 1. It says, therefore, you have no excuse. And if you don't know why therefore is therefore, you got to look up why therefore is therefore. I don't know. There's a Bible joke, pastor joke. Just, uh, just pass on. So reread chapter one. If you don't understand, reread it. So you have no excuse, oh man. Every one of you who judges, who fun, for in passing judgment on another, you condemn yourself. That's not what happens. A you go to a court and a judge, they pa you, you stole, you murdered, you, you, whatever it is. The judge isn't in trouble, right? The person who did the crime. Every one of you who judges, for in passing judgment on another, you condemn yourself. Huh, that's interesting. Because, because you, the judge, practice the very same Things. There's a, uh, a, a philosophical uh, uh, thought that, hey, you truly, in life, you truly cannot hate something unless you see it in yourself. And I said, that's not true. I hate cocky people, and I hate these, and I'm not that. I'm perfect, said sarcastically, because I know first service, coffee's still kicking in, right? Do you understand what the point is? We judge people when we see it in ourselves, we hate the people the most when we deal with it. Why? Well, when we, we have this false narrative, false thought that, hey, if everyone's worried about Billy, they're not worried about me. Hey, if I'm not the worst coworker, I can't get fired. Hey, if I'm not the worst student, maybe there's a, a curve and I'm going to... Do you understand what I'm saying? Hey, hey, when we pass judgment on to others, that doesn't relieve us from, from problems, right? And we do it all the time with sin. Hey, at least I'm not, and I don't even need to fill in the blanks. You've done it already, right? Sure, I do this, but at least I'm not person, right? Why? Well, we justify it. We say, if I'm not that bad, I'm okay, right? Uh, not so. Uh, verse 2. We know that the judgment of God rightly falls on those who practice such things. Not who's the worst, but who practices such things. Do you suppose, or man, you who judge those who practice such things, and you do them yourselves, that you will escape judgment from God? Uh, so once again, it's saying, hey, 
Are, are you escaping because you're judging because you put yourself in that ju- judgment role? Are you trying to escape true judgment? There is a beautiful thing that happens all the way back in the beginning of the Bible, and we totally miss it. Creation. Day six, day one, two, three, four, five, six. What happens day seven? Resting, right? And we get this amazing symbol this image of God sitting on a throne, resting, overlooking everything. Yeah, he's resting, but you know what kings do on the throne? They judge. They sit there. They rule. They are now king. They say, look at all I have. Look at my kingdom. I am true judge. Beautiful. Wonderful. It's where we get the Sabbath from. It gets so many biblical doctrines come from the day of rest, from him sitting on the throne. Now we, just like this beautiful image that we get from creation, we are created in God's image, correct? Everybody. Yes. All the people across the world, does not, does not matter if you are Christian, not Christian, Jew, Gentile, American, Canadian, whatever, right? We are all born in Christ's image. Part of that is this image. Christ sitting in the judgment city saying, hey, look at me, I am king. And because we have that image, we have the ability to say, that is wrong, This thing right here is wrong. This thing over here is right. Now, here's the difference, folks. Here's the difference, ladies and gentlemen. God could sit there as true king, as true judge, saying, I have never failed. This is wrong. Can we do that? I have never met, I've met some pretty great people. I've met Lula in Mexico. She's wonderful. She's amazing, right? I've met my grandmother and all the, all you fantasy, all you amazing people here who came out on third of July and woke up all of, you know, I've never met anyone who could say that person is spreading gossip. And I, and I could say this because I've never spread gossip. And, and little Timmy is lying and and I've never lied. There's a big difference. Do we see that between when we judge and when God judges, right? And that's what that's what uh, this, uh, that's what Paul is saying here, right? So we're not escaping judgment when we point things out as wrong or right. Or do you presume on the riches of His kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing, uh, uh, not knowing that God God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance. Ooh, that's another very interesting verse. Let me read it again, just in case. Uh, Or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness, God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? See, we got this false thought. A lot of times it's true right? But if you've grown up more than five years, you know that, hey, when you do bad things, bad things happen to you. You steal, you break the, you break your mom's pot or whatever it is, you know, 
get in trouble. You put in a timeout, you yell in class, you, you, whatever it may be, you get in trouble. Sometimes you don't, though. Um, you know, so I, 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 gosh, I don't, I don't know. I'm going to say eight years ago, so it's like past the whatever law, you know. I, I sped eight years ago. Not since then, but I, I was in a car speeding eight years ago, and, and I got away with it. Did I do something wrong? Yeah, but I didn't get in trouble. And, and, and I lied, not like reason. And I got away with it, and people believed me. Did I do something wrong? Absolutely, right? Just because there's no consequence doesn't mean we didn't do something wrong, right? Sometimes, what if God is being God and proving it by saying, I know you sinned, I know you messed up, and guess what? I still love you, and it's okay. And I'm not going to make you lose your job. I'm not going to send you to jail. I'm not going to throw a thunderbolt at you. I'm not going to do all this stuff. I'm simply going to forgive you and remind you of how good you are, of how good I am, right? I got a story about this. I, I uh, we, we were, uh, most of my adult life, we've been just in like so much debt. I found credit cards and they're wonderful and great and just free, 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 right? So you were just racking up the free dollars, right? And, and eventually we're sitting there, we're like, that's a lot of free money, right? <laughs> so we're starting to pay it off, right? We're paying it off, paying it off, paying it off. And eventually we get out of debt and, and it's the point where we are saying like, what do we do now? What happens now? What do we do? And that very moment, uh, I'm not going to say it was like that Sunday, but it was that season, Jan Ash brings up this guy called Mark Tyler, and he introduces uh, 360 Serve. Is God sending us a message, you think? Hey, maybe God could get our attention other than punishment. Maybe this good and amazing God that we talk about how good he is, maybe he's good and amazing. What a thought! What if he gives you a promotion to get your attention? See, we, as churches, we talk about like, hey, hey, you got this because like he's trying to get your attention and and he, you know, he broke, you know, he allowed your leg to break so that you slow down and you really focus on him and you, and you got X or Y or this or that because he's going to try to get your attention. Absolutely, folks. Absolutely. But we can't forget this, that the good and amazing and loving God is good and amazing and loving. And one of his greatest weapons to get our attention is success. That, hey, we're doing something right, or hey, we're doing something wrong, and it's okay, and I love you. Let's keep going. Uh, verse 5, but because of your hard and impotent heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. See, we keep putting uh, I, I was going to do it, and then I got lazy. So, like, you get, like, a tomato, and that's your heart. If, guess what? 
Yeah, and this has been used a million times, so you may have seen this before. We start saying no to God. We start saying no to whatever, or to ourselves, our conscience, the Holy Spirit, all those things. It's like adding a piece of wax paper to that tomato, right? And, and, and what happens if you keep adding pieces of wax paper to the tomato, you start getting hard, right? And, and that tomato that used to be able to just go, right? And it's all squishy. You do that. It's no squishy no more, right? God, when, right when we start off, we say, yes, God, absolutely, wonderful. Our heart is malleable, easy. He, he gives us suggestions. He tells us what to do. And hey, look, I'm going to do it. And then we get old. And then we learn better. Big quotations on that one, ladies and gentlemen. And we start putting wax paper on that heart. And God tells us to do something big crazy, absurd, like telling our neighbors about Jesus, right? So, and, and that was sarcastic. You could laugh. It's okay. Scott's not here. It's funny today, right? So, uh, it's, and, and, and we said no so many times that it becomes this absolutely insane thing that how could we ever talk about Jesus at church on the street in my house on 4th of July? right? We've said no so many times, right? And that's part of becoming Christian, right? That we get rid of all of that stuff. Let's keep going. Verse 6, he will render to, uh, to each one according to his works. To those who by patience and well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, he will give eternal life. You seek eternal life, actually, you're going to get it. And how do you get actual eternal life? See, this isn't talking about being selfish. This isn't talking about being greedy. If you want eternal life, accept Jesus. Eternal life. Done, right? You get it. But for those who are self-seeking, so the opposite of this, and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, there will be wrath and fury, and that's a that's a great way to phrase it because a lot of the times we say like you obey righteousness or you disobey. A lot of the times we got to remember, hey, it's ob- we're obeying, whether you do something or not, or do the right thing or not, you're obeying. Are you obeying God or are we obeying unrighteousness or are we obeying ourself or are we obeying? right? We get this false thought that, hey, I, I don't want to obey. I'm free. I'm an American, right? I, I got no master, right? And we live with this thought that we're free and we're absolutely not. We obey. All we get to choose is who we obey. And that is a great, great feeling, guys. Um, uh, there will be wrath and fury. Verse 9, there will be tribulation and distress for every human being who does evil. The Jew first and also the Greek. So if you know God, Jew, and you do evil, wait, what? wait, uh, <laughs> huh? I don't like that verse. Wait, I, I say this all the time because like students get this mixed up in their minds and I know all of us we don't have this problem but we we think that simply believing that God exists we're good does Satan believe that God exists 
Is he good? <laughs> Do demons. It's not enough, guys. It's simply not enough. If, if, if you don't believe the law, if you're Greek, if you're Gentile, if you're Jew, and you, it doesn't matter. If you do evil, there will be dis- tribulation and distress for every human being who does evil. Verse 10, but glory and honor and peace for everyone who does good. The Jew first and also the Greek. What does that mean? Who are Jews? Who are Greeks? That was very hard for me to accept. It's hard to just, it's hard to understand. Hope we'll talk about it later. Let's see. I got to keep going. I'm talking too much. For God shows no partiality. Total, complete this idea in James, right? Verse 12, for all who have sinned without the law will also perish without the law. And all who have sinned under the law will be judged by the law. If you do evil and not know the law, punishment. If you do evil and know the law, punishment. Wow. Verse 13, for it is not the hearers of the law who are righteous before God, but the doers of the law who will be justified. There's this guy, I will never forget this. He is old school like Jew, like does not believe in Christ, does not believe in, in, in the Trinity, in any of that. He, he believes that Christ existed, right? But he's not the son of God and all that stuff. This Ortho, like old school Jew, memorized the New Testament in Greek. Have any of you, <laughs> I haven't, this guy who does not believe in Christ, knows more, has forgotten more, has done all of that stuff than I ever have a chance of doing. Ever. Is he better? Is he going to get to, well, he didn't believe in Jesus, but gosh, like he knows the Bible, like the actual Bible. For it is not the hearers of the law who are righteous before God, but the doers of the law who will be justified. If you've memorized 200 verses and it hasn't changed your life whatsoever, Are you better off than the person who knows for God so loved the world that he gave, but it actually impacted their life? That's a big question, folks. Maybe this is more than just Bible study. Maybe this is more than just hearing a good verse or two. Ooh, I don't like this. I like to just hang out in Scott and ha-has, Right? Maybe there's something more going on to it. Verse 14, For when Gentiles who do, not not, who do not have the law by nature do what the law requires, they are a law to themselves, even though they do not have the law. They show that the work of the law is written on their hearts. Image of God? 
written on your heart? Something in the in in you? Hmm. And it's not just because you're a Christian that you're made in the image of God. It's more, than, huh? Right? Even though they do not have the law, verse fifteen, they show the that the the work of the law is written on their hearts, while their conscience also brings witness, and their conflicting thoughts accuse or even excuse them. On that day, when according to my gospel, God judges the secret of men by Christ Jesus. Verse 17. But if you call yourself a Jew, or Christian by our today's standards, and rely on the law and boast in God, and know his will and approve what is excellent, because you are instructed from the law, and if you are sure that you yourselves are a guide to the blind, a light to those who are in darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of the children, having in the law and the embodied of knowledge and the truth, still the same sentence, by the way, uh, you then who teach others, do you not teach yourself? While you preach against stealing, do you steal? You who say that one must not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who abhor idols, do you rob temples? Right? You who boast in the law, dishonor, dishonor God by breaking the law. Why do Christians get such a bad rap these days? It's totally unjustified. We, we're great, right? We have the Bible. And, well, got a lot of people who need to read this verse, uh, me included, right? We are all teachers, folks. Just because you're not up here, just because I'm mostly not up here, doesn't make me not a teacher. When Scott's up here, I'm still a teacher. You are a leader. You might have a huge following or it might just be one person you're a teacher. What are you teaching? Never trust a skinny chef. That was the answer. Okay, hold on. Never trust a skinny. Why? They don't know what they're talking about, right? Don't tell me about spices and what's good. I don't care. You're like 20 pounds. Get out of here, right? Why? Why? Do you hate when cops, for no reason, turn on their lights, go through the light, the light, and then they turn it off? It bugs me. They done. They know what they're doing. You know what they're doing. Why does that bother you? Why does it bother you when when teachers and politicians and all these people are passing laws that don't apply to them, or they make laws to counter the laws that they make? Why? Why does it not bother us? When as Christians, we're sitting here and like believe the Bible and you need to turn and you got to do this and that and this. And we are, for all intents and purposes, these exact same person we were last year. Why does that not bother us? We see it throughout everyone. Judging, maybe. And then when it comes to our own lives, but I know, I know better. It's, it's okay. I don't, I can't do anything wrong. I'm a pastor. I, I went to church today. No one else went to church. I went to church. 
What's the difference, folks? Uh, verse 23, you who boast in the law dishonor God by breaking the law. For as it is written, the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles, not believers, unchristians, whatever, uh, because of you, because of us. The Bible's great. What about the people? The Bible's perfect, but hey, if, if, if the instrument isn't broken, but hey, if everyone who reads the Bible turns out to be bad, do I want to read the Bible? <laughs> if every single person who accepts Christ and, and picks up the Bible and starts reading it becomes a terrible person, flip it. It's God's word. It's perfect, inerrant. It has no faults. Everyone who picks it up is better, not perfect, better. Who wants to read it now? If, if there was a, a gym that you joined the gym and, and everyone who went out of that gym after a year gained weight, is less healthy, got diabetes, right? And, and all those things. You're going to that gym? No. You go to a church, and everyone who goes to that church becomes terrible, horrible people. Are you going to that church? No. Fact of life, folks. It works with everything, right? Uh, verse 25, for circumcision. Uh, so uh, circumcision, ask your parents, right? So like circumcision, this is outward appearance. It's like, hey, a symbol so other people know what you are. So it's like, hey, what am I? I got a ring on my finger right? Hey, I'm circumcised. What does that mean? Oh, you're okay, right? For circumcision indeed is of value if you obey the law, but if you break the law, your circumcision becomes uncircumcision. Are you really a Christian because you have a cross on your neck? Are you really a Christian because you read the Bible? Are you really a Christian because you came Sunday morning? Is that it? Is that all? Is that all that you have to do? Is that, is that what separates you from everything else? But if you break the law, your circumcision, what you do, who you are, what you have put, all your stocks and every, every egg in your basket is that becomes uncircumcision. Doesn't matter if you're circumcised or not. Doesn't matter if you're wearing your ring or not. Doesn't matter if you're wearing your cross. It doesn't matter. It becomes something else. So if a man who is uncircumcised keeps the precepts of the law, will not his uncircumcision, now let's flip it, be regarded as circumcision? A faithful man who is single is faithful. Doesn't matter if he's married or not. A faithful, loving, respectful woman who's single is loving respect. It doesn't matter, <laughs> right? Yeah, all these things that we put so much so much stock in does not matter. Then, verse 27, then he who is fixed physically uncircumcised but keeps the law will condemn you who have the written code and, and circumcision but breaks the law. The people who don't know better that are living correct they're going to condemn us, 
because we know the law, but we don't. <laughs> For no one who is a Jew who's merely one outwardly, outwardly, gosh, man. I only had one Diet Coke this morning. Okay, hold on. Uh, nor is circumcision outward and physical, but a Jew is one inwardly. A Christian is one inwardly. And circumcision is a matter of the heart, not by the letter. His praise is not from man, but from God. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen. Scott did this thing, and it was terrible, and I hated it because he did it at the end. He had the title as a fill-in, but he did it at the end, so I was sitting the whole time, I'm like, Scott, you forgot, Scott, you forgot. There's a title, and then people... And so he did it at the end. Uh, I'm giving it to you right away. So right away, you don't have to worry. I'm not forgetting or anything like that, right? So uh, you, you want to follow God. First things first, you're following God. Walk the walk. I thought of it all by myself. You've never heard that one before, you know? So when you're walking, you got to walk the walk. And, and I'm a rhymer, right? right? It's not just about talking the talk. You got to walk the walk. You're a Christian. Be a Christian. Not on Sundays. Not only on Sundays. Not only on Wednesday nights or when you have your Bible study or whatever. Period. All the time. Forever. Always. Right? Um, It's this idea that, hey, um, I'm all for, um, because tis the season, right? Fourth of July. I'm, I'm 100% with, with separating state and church. And, and God bless the four fought, founding fought, whoever those guys, I don't know, I've skipped history class. So like, and they made separation in a church and state, and it allows us to do so much great stuff. But guess what, guys? My Jesus is messy. He gets in everywhere right? And caffeine's kicking in, right? Caffeine's kicking in. You're ready for this, some, some symbologies, right? Some, uh, right? Tomorrow, you're going to have barbecue or whatever American thing you're going to do, right? And you get your plate and you get some ribs or whatever, and you're going to get your coleslaw and you get your beans and you get your bread, right? And that's life, right? This is symbology, okay? Keep with me. It's okay, right? So the bread is your work and the ribs are your home life and the beans are, are, are your hobbies and all that stuff. You know what Jesus is? He's the Lord sauce. He's that sweet baby rays that just goes over everything, right? And it doesn't matter what you're eating. You're soaking that stuff because it's a brilliant. It's amazing, right? And it, and it doesn't matter what you separate. It doesn't matter how you separate. It doesn't matter if you have categories. And, and your work life is 100% different than your, your church life, which is 100% different than your family, which is 100%. Jesus is everywhere. And it's amazing. And it's wonderful. And it requires us to walk the walk. How do we do it? Well, step number one, knowing the truth results in acting not judging. Knowing the truth results in acting, not judging. See, if you know something, if you know that drinking, gosh, what can I say online? I'm going to make up a soda. 
Mountain Dew, right? If Mountain Dew was really bad for you and, and you can't do anything about I'm going to say Pepsi, right? Because, hey, you know, we got the Coke guy, right? So, like, Pepsi really bad. And, and you can't drink it. It's going to do all the things. And, and, and if you drink this terrible drink, you will die. What are you going to do with that information? You're going to drink it while you tell somebody about it? That's what we do, folks. We learn that lying's bad and we project it onto others first. We say, we can't, you can't lie, you can't do that, you can't do these things. We know that. It's truth. We read that God is the one and truly only way, but instead of saying, I need to get this in my life as soon as possible, right now, because it's going to change my life for the better, instead of that, we project and we say, I got to get this word out. And hey, guess what? Since I told a hundred people, I could do whatever. I'm good. I'm set. People know that. Knowing the truth results in self-change, right? That's the idea that, hey, uh, uh, the, the things, it's all about the heart. It's all that inward change, being Jewish, being Christian, whatever have you, is inward circumcision is about inward change rings marriage inward change everything you are everything that you do should first change inwardly then outward i can't do this i must do this and now that i'm trying to i'm going to bring someone along with me as I am following Christ, step one, follow me. Step two, right? Uh, uh, Romans two seventeen says, it says, but if you call yourself a Jew, rely on the law and boast in God and know that he will, uh, he, his will and approve what is excellent because you are instructed by the law. And if you are sure that you uh, yourselves are a guide to the law and the blind, a light to those who are in the darkness, blah, 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 verse 21, you then who teach others, do you not teach yourselves? Remember, every single person is in this room and you have a special message. You care about something. Because of that, it should change your life first. So number one, knowing the truth results in acting, not judging. Step number two, knowing the truth. This is a hard one for the guy who went to seminary and spent a lot of money on it. Knowing the truth is less important than living the truth. Knowing the truth is less important than living the truth. I would have hated myself if I said this four years ago, three years ago, last week, right? Romans 2.13, For it is not the hearers of the law who are righteous before God, but the doers of the law who will be justified. There's a schism um, that, that a lot of people either like the book of James or the book of Romans, and you can't be both, right? Because uh, a lot of times think that um, James is all about doing and Rome's is all about knowing. And that simply, if you've paid attention at all, is not the truth. doesn't make sense. doesn't work because, uh, hey, that's what we've been talking about this whole time. Paul, someone who knows close to everything, is saying, who cares 
do something. The guy who did bad things for a long time is saying, who cares? Do something. The more you learn about this guy, the more you realize how true this statement is. James 2.19, you believe in God and hey, this is going back. You believe that God is one, you do well, sure, great. Even the demons believe and shudder. They're fearful. Yeah, sure, that's great that you believe that God exists. What's it doing for you? How does that make you feel? When, when the pastor came up on something and it came up on Sunday and said, all of us obey something, how does that make you feel? Does that make you feel angry, fearful, terrified, mad? Or does it make you feel hopeful? That, hey, yeah, we're all obeying, but <laughs> I'm obeying the good thing. <laughs> and there's a lot of bad beliefs and a bad obeying out there, and it's okay. It's all right. Romans 2, 23 says, you who boast in the law dishonor God by breaking the law. For as it is written, the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. Folks, ladies and gentlemen, you're going to leave here today and people are going to judge you. I'm sorry if I'm the first person to tell that. People, you're, you're going to be dressed a certain way. You're going to go out to lunch. You're not going to go out to lunch. You're going to go somewhere. You're going to see your kids, your grandkids, whatever have you. And they're going to say, all Christians are like this because Nate did this. Every single Christian on this planet is like this because Judy. And it's absolutely insane and we all agree with it. We've all been that person. You know one kind of person. You oh, I I go. I know this guy, and he's from Mexico, and he uh, and everyone is like this. It's it makes no sense, and we all do it. God's word is rarely read, but understood by all. God's word is rarely read. But it's viewed how a Christian who has never opened the Bible, ever, has probably never even seen a Bible, has a view, has a perspective on that Bible. How? Why? Because they met a Christian one time. And that Christian was a jerk. <laughs> and now guess what? Is that person ever going to go to that gym? that person ever going to go to that church? That whole church over there, every single person in that church, I'm pointing in the direction, right? Is like this because Billy. I say this back, back when I was in student ministry, like leading student, I'm in student ministry, leading student ministry, every camp, any mission trip, Every, every time we left the campus, I tell, I tell our students this. I say, never forget who you represent. On this trip, the second we leave, never forget who you represent. Every time you go to work, go to the store, get in your car, 
get out of bed. Never forget who you represent because absolutely you represent yourself. People are going to judge you. They're going to view you. They're gonna, and, and now I'm speaking to the kids, right? They're, they're going to they're gonna have bias against you. They're going to assume that you're going to steal and break things and be annoying and cuss and whatever, right? That, that's on you. What are you going to do with it? You're going to prove them right or prove them wrong? You not only represent you, you represent your family. How'd your parents raise you? How'd, you, how'd your mama do? How'd your dad do? Are their prayers working? How's your great-grandma going to church all that life? How's that doing for you? Yeah, you represent you, you represent your family, but hey, guess what, guys? This is a church outing. <laughs> and, and we're going to leave, and, and this is, you know, I'm, I've done this with every church, but we're going to go to Mexico, and people are going to say, this is Rock Bible Church from Pleasanton, and they're going to love us or hate us, and that is totally dependent on a 12-year-old. It's insane. It happens every trip. I can't believe that your church would condone stealing. Does Becky stole our church love stealing? Well, she did it. Not only are you representing you, not only representing your family, not only representing your church, your folks, ladies and gentlemen, all of us, you're representing Jesus. <laughs> scary i'm going to represent can you get another representation right like i'm not so good right like jesus the son of god the creator the per the everything the redeemer the guy who i'm saying is perfect in every way and you should follow him and you should love him and he cares about you i'm representing him got to do better. And that is all about walking the walk. Dear Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for this time. We thank you for um, just everything that you called us to greater, that you called us to better, God, that, that you, and, and especially you led the way, that through all of this, that because of all of this, that, um, that you gave us the perfect example of what it looks like to be a Christian that we are simply those little Christians trying to follow, that, that are trying to follow uh, you, God. I pray that as we, as we leave this place, God, that we could just be good examples. I pray for this time of offering, God, that uh, it is pleasing to you, God, and that if there's anyone here who are new or visitors, God, that they feel no obligation to give, but that they simply understand and acknowledge what we do as a church family, God. Amen. That was a setting. That was a fitting song. Merka. Tomorrow you're going to show people what freedom looks like? What about the day after you show people what true freedom looks like? You get the difference? Absolutely celebrate your freedom that we have here. Holy cow, folks, you think this is awesome? 
I'm no longer a slave. Go with him. 